If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Your season-long fantasy football lineup is locked in and ready for action, but you don't have to wait till week 16 to get paid. Put your fantasy skills to the test starting Sunday at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you could kick the season off by winning $2 million. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs, including $2 million for first place and $1 million for second. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, win you want with the players you want then turn your love of football into a life-changing payday just pick up your players pile up the points and pick up the cash that's it you've never experienced football like this this isn't fantasy as usual this is DraftKings. welcome to the big time hurry to draftkings.com now and use promo code spreaker to play for free for a shot at two million dollars in the week one millionaire maker enter spreaker for free entry now at draftkings.com that's draftkings.com Jim Coburn, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. This, well, welcome to the first episode of the Don James High School Football Report. A uh, little intro music there for you, a little rock music going on, Sleeping with Siren. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite bands, actually. Um, <laughs> thanks for, uh, you're my first guest on the show, Jim Coburn. Uh, give them a little info about you before I go in. Uh, sh- uh, sure, uh, I'm James Coburn, uh, I'm not related to the actor James Coburn, but okay. I'm also a writer for AllProFootballSource.com, and I do numerous podcasts, including Filling a Draft, the Draft Tactic 4 podcast, and the CDS radio show. So I do a bunch of stuff. And basically just mostly draft-oriented stuff, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, and football and that. And also, you can also follow me on Twitter at capital J, little M, little C, little O, little B, little E, little R, little N1. And you can check me out there, and that's where I can most likely be contacted because I'm constantly on Twitter. I'm kind of addicted to it, so that's <laughs> right. get a hold of me if you need to. Yeah, of course, of course. And like I said, welcome to the Don Dane High School Football Report. Thank you for joining me and uh, my first episode tonight. Uh, we have a jam-packed show tonight, um, not just Jim Coburn. Thank you for the intro, though. Uh, I really do appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, I think we have Mr. Bill Carroll, of course, one of our good friends, coming on, too, later. And, um, you know, uh, ho- hopefully a couple callers um, will sh- we'll shine in today. And uh, our-, our guest is Brett Virgil out of uh, Menifee, California. He's a quarterback that is uh, signed, or isn't signed yet, but he's a verbal commit to Army um, University up in West Point right now. Um, it's one of a really underrated quarterback. Um, 
you know, he's at Elite 11, um, San Diego, I believe, or L.A., um, this, uh, at the regionals this year. He did a pretty good job um, coming from a smaller school in Southern California. So we have him coming on the show in about 30 minutes. And, um, you know, Jordan's going to go over, before he gets on the show, um, the impact of the true freshman. Um, wow, <laughs> is what I have to say about this class. Um, this is the first class since I've been doing high school football career, and I felt really confident about them having an impact the first um, year. Um, not a lot of guys getting redshirted. A lot of guys playing right away. A lot of starters were true freshmen this year, actually, uh, which is kind of surprising for a lot of people. But I kept telling people this class, um, kept trying to jam it down their throat that <laughs> this recruiting class is different from the other ones. Um, you know, there's some top guys in every recruiting class, of course, but this class is deep. It's the deepest I've seen in a while. I've only been doing it for a few years, but I talked to some, some older guys that have been doing it for a really long time that said this was a special class, like a once-in-a-decade type of class. Um, well, I mean, the number one player in the class looked pretty good, right, Jim? <laughs> Josh Rosen. Um, oh, you mean you the, the, cho- the chosen Rosen? The chosen Rosen. I know, obviously, Jim mentioned shows he does as well on Block Talk Radio. Um, <laughs> I've probably talked about Josh Rosen a lot. It probably might, might have been got a little annoying. But <laughs> um, I, I was really confident in, in what he could do. And I, honestly, I didn't think he would play that good. Um, he played amazing. Um, what were your thoughts on his performance, and, you know, what do you think he could do? Um, you know, living up to that type of hype is, is crazy, you know, for a guy that just turned 18, just had his prom a few months ago, gra- um, graduated early, of course. And uh, so what are your thoughts on, on the, the Rosen one from UCLA? Uh, I mean, he, he looked great, um, as everybody said. I think that one of the things that really translated from the tape I saw, and also the spring ball tape, uh, was just his ability to make tight window throws, um, especially in the red zone, man, you know, making really good throws um, in between defenders, exactly where it needs to be in terms of his accuracy and those sorts of situations and touch uh, really well when it came to those sorts of things, um, which was kind of surprising. I mean, again, I was surprised. I, You know, I was only surprised because, this UCLA team, and I'm not trying to knock any of their, you know, skill position players, but they're not exactly all-stars across the board in terms of all the guys that are there. But he was able to do a lot with them. They all formed extremely well um, against a uh, Virginia secondary, which I think is a little underrated too. And I think in terms of where he's at now, I mean, we'll just have to see. I mean, I don't like to anoint the prospect and, you know, or – say, oh, he's the greatest thing to slice bread yet, but uh, in terms of how he performed against Virginia this week, uh, he was pretty much as good as, you know, as good as advertised when it came to his arm, his touch, his accuracy, and it's just going to be exciting, you know, to see where he kind of goes from here, um, definitely, uh, you know, with him, because he played extremely well. Oh, right. I couldn't agree more, Jim. I mean, like I said, I was, you know, I thought he would play really good. You know, um, I, I thought he could really lead them to a Pac-12 title this year. I did pick Utah to win the Pac-12 South and, and um, eventually the Pac-12. Um, obviously, you know, teams like Oregon, I see are a little bit more explosive, especially on the outside. Um, they have a bunch of possession receivers. Um, I know, you you know, Jordan Payton's a, a solid guy. You know, I know he's not a world beater, but he's solid. And, you know, um, Eldrick Matheson is pretty good. And Thomas Doherty is a guy a lot of people like. Um, and, you know, Perkins in the backfield and, they're, you know, everything like that. But, 
it seems like they're going to come together. That line came together, really. I mean, we, we saw Brett Helmley get beat up a little bit for the first, uh, well, like the last two years. His freshman year was pretty clean in the pocket. But, uh, and we saw, you know, he could get um, outside the pocket and run a little bit. You know, he made some throws on the run. I mean, he's not going to run the read option, right? But, <laughs> you know, he can do a little bit on the outside. I believe. Um, what about the other true freshman? I know I don't want to talk about the Rosen one too much. He played great. He lived up to the expectations. It was fun to see that. Um, you know, we'll see what happens for the rest of the season. What about Kyler Murray? You watch a little bit of Texas A&M game. He played about, what, I mean, 40% of the snaps, 35 um, with Kyle Allen. I like what they oh, did, close even to though that. I don't like two quarterback system. I like what they did with him. <laughs> they, they, let, they let him run. They let him run, um, and that's what he's good at. He's, got, he's not ready as a passer. He's a small guy, um, but he, right. he can run. the. He's, he's like a 4-4 flat type of guy right now. <laughs> he's quick. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he looked, uh, I mean, in terms of what he was able it's just a fun offense, man. That's all I can really say. Um, he looked, you know, looked well in terms of how they used him. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm not a big fan of quarterback committee sort of stuff, but I do understand what they're trying to do in terms of their uh, packages with him, and he executed, so... Uh, which, as far as I'm concerned, I mean they they want, I mean they want a little extra ump. They want a little athleticism out of their quarterback to kind of win with numbers, you know, a little more often. Um, and that's what he brought to the table. Um, I think that he still needs to develop as a passer, and he did also make some pretty decent throws here and there. Uh, but uh, it was a good performance. I mean, it was kind of what you wanted. Uh, I kind of want to see how this holds up, I guess, against certain SEC teams, I guess. But I did think it was fun. Uh, it was very fun to see how they incorporated him uh, in certain, as an athlete and also as, as sort of an extra, at, you know, athlete on the football field, which is always, you know, which is always a plus. Right, yeah, and you do you think, you know, obviously they're not going to go with two quarterbacks the whole year. I don't expect. I mean, I know the last team that did it that won a championship was obviously Florida with Tebow and Leak. Do you think, oh, sure. gonna, uh, I do you think, think someone will do that or I think they'll they'll I think they'll break him out. Like this is the way I'll, I'll put it. Depending on who they go up against each week, they'll break him out and and see what type of look the defense is giving them. If they were in a situation like Arizona State where they put him out there and he's getting big chunk plays like he was, then they'll keep going to it. You know, you keep going to the well if it works. So it's just that right. if they go up against a certain team that is good at containing that, they might kind of go to more of a traditional, you know, they might go back to just kind of their bread and butter stuff versus the kind of crazy, wacky, ridiculous kind of stuff uh, in terms of trying to get him involved. Uh, so it, it, I guess it will just depend week to week, depending on the type of defense they play and seeing where that kind of goes, I guess, is how I would think that he would be used in the future. Right, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, yeah, like you said, their offense is really fun. Um, coach Babbitt, I always love him as a recruiter and, and Coach Sumlin. Um you know, I don't say they're geniuses. They're really, really good uh, at what they do, though, especially, like I said, at recruiting and figuring out how to use all that talent on offense. They're receivers. That, you know, let's go to another true freshman, Christian Kirk. I mean, you got to be impressed by him, right? I mean, we all thought Speedy Noel 
and you know, all those other guys are gonna get the ball. Um, it's ridiculous, man. Show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like let's just get Speedy Noel and let's get this really, you know, really tall tree trunk wide receiver. And you know what? Let's get another. Let's get another one. Let's just get another five star, four star recruit, speedster, wide receiver. That when we go in the five wide, you can't cover anybody. Let's do that. <laughs> like it's, you know. And on top of that, we're going to throw a quarterback at you that's also an athlete. So it's. I again, I like what they're doing in terms of what they want to accomplish, which is we're going to put our five against your five, and let's see what happens. That that could yeah. work. I mean, this this could, you know, really be effective um, if everybody stays healthy and everything else like that. Because they, Kirk, I mean, Kirk, all the guys, Josh Reynolds, you know, all, all those guys are um, excellent wide receivers. Kirk especially showed what he can do, which is a very dynamic player. So you just add all those guys together, and you got something to be kind of reckon, you know, reckon with really, where um, you're going to have a mismatch all around the field, even if you try to bully the, the short guys up, fine, we'll hit you with the, with the, tall, guy, with the tall guy, right? I mean, that's just how it works, man. Uh, so it, I, I'm just excited to see what they do uh, as the season goes on, definitely. Especially yeah, I'm excited. And, uh, all those guys. Hey, I can't wait to see it. They, they, honestly, they were the most impressive team to me um, just because of how their young guys played. Um, Kyle was pretty good. I know he turned the ball over a couple of times, but he played solid. He came back and had that drive where he, you know, he was four for five with a with a touchdown when they took him out. He was looking a little scared, you know what I mean? But uh, he came back and he threw a touchdown. Um, their defense. I mean, I watched every single game um, that Ryan Tannehill and Johnny Manziel played, especially just Johnny because, you know, that was under someone. Someone wasn't there when Tannehill was there. But defense was horrible. <laughs> Honestly, um, you could already tell John Chavis is, you know, doing big things. And they got a, a centerpiece unlike no other than Miles Garrett, a guy that was a top defense player last year's freshman class. So, yeah, sky's the limit for the Aggies. They can stay healthy. Um, I want to talk to you about another freshman, um, a team that moved from the Big 12 to the SEC, Drew Locke. Did you have a chance to see him play? Matty Mock got a concussion. Um, Drew Locke came in, played pretty well. We're, this is not a quarterback battle, but Matty Mock is turnover prone. We've seen him turn the ball over a lot. His completion percentage has never been over 60%. Do you think Drew Locke can possibly uh, steal Matty Mock's job? He could. I didn't actually get a chance to see that game. But what I do know about Missouri is, or at least Matty Mock, was he needs to stop being the deep ball crazy guy. (laughs) You know, he just has to stop doing that sort of stuff. Um, but, um, no, I mean, I, I haven't got a chance to see him, but uh, I definitely uh, will check him out. All right. I've seen, I've seen a ton of games, by the way, but just haven't seen <laughs> catching up. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, they played a lower-level team anyway, and they, they looked really good. But, you know, I, I did see Anibal go out. Um, he was looking pretty good. He was 20 – or he was uh, 12 of 22, which is a probably a typical Matty Mock stat line, right, <laughs> for completion of the, and attempts. Yeah, uh, he made a lot definitely. of – he was supposed – he looked different this year. You know, everyone looks different in the offseason. We always hear that, right? But he did lose weight. I definitely saw that and, you know, definitely saw him um, doing the spring ball, you know, look like he's going to just 
take the dink and dunk sometimes, you know, do the check down passes. He's always going for the deep passes. And I know Drew Locke has a big arm too, but, you know, he's kind of more of a check down guy. Um, he kind of already has, a, I feel like, more awareness um, in a sense on the Manny Mock. I think Manny Mock has good awareness too, but he's just so used to – that's what he did in high school. He started all four years. Uh, at the time, he had the record for most um, touchdowns in an area offense before another true freshman, Jake Browning, um, took that title. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I think Manny Mock's okay for now. Um, Jake Browning kind of had a bad game. Were you expecting a little bit more from him, or you know, was that just kind of typical for him to be on the road at Boise? You mean the Washington quarterback? Yes, Washington quarterback. Oh, yeah. I mean, people have to keep in mind, this was a program that I don't think was expecting him to start or play this year um, because Tyre Miles, of course, you know, had the injury, and you know, which was career-ending injury. So they were kind of next-man-up mentality. But, uh, yeah, I think it was just because of that. I mean, he's not he's not really 100% ready this year. The offense for Washington is not exactly execution one-on-one either. Um, so I think it's just a combination of all those types of things. And they went up against the Boise State team that I think was just a better team. I mean, honestly, it was a better team, you know. Um, they played better as a team, so it, it was just that sort of result. Oh, I definitely understand that. I, I, I said that myself. Even though I, I am from California, I watched a lot of Dick Browning, so a bunch of records. He was in the air raid offense. He threw the ball 53 times a game. That's not what Washington really wants to do <laughs> right now. Um, they don't have the skill guys this year, and they're still – it's a new system. You know, Coach Sark and Wilcox had their system, and this is a totally different system with uh, Chris Peterson, I believe. So, but, and like you said, he was, he was third on the depth chart, you know, um, a couple months ago, right? So I definitely – I thought it would be redshirted, to be honest. So, uh, you know, he played okay. You know, obviously he didn't play good, but he had some moments there where you saw some flashes. But, uh, you know, what about – I'll go – I'll keep it out west. Um, USC has three guys. Cameron Smith, who got the start at inside linebacker. Um, Osa, Mencina, and Porter Gustin. Did you get a chance to see any of those guys play versus Arkansas State? I know that it was a blowout, but Cameron Smith got the start. And uh, Osa Mensah and uh, Porter Gustin played pretty good, I believe. Right. Uh, we kind of answered that before yourself. It was a blowout. So I haven't actually had a chance to uh, check that game out. Um, but, um, but, hey, I mean, you know, Arkansas State is not a uh, – I'll say this much. I know a lot of people might be, oh, it's Arkansas State. Hey, they're a lot better than a lot of other lower-level teams that could have played. So um, that is kind of a good – game to kind of see how they execute and stuff like that. But, uh, no, I didn't get a chance actually to actually play the game. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, Soto Jambo from UCLA played a little bit in that game um, towards the end when it was you know, kind of out of reach. Um, no, pretty impressed by him. Uh, Trenton Thompson at UGA, that was another blowout in the end of the game early. Thought he played pretty good. Um, Clemson had a couple guys. Um, another game I know was a blowout too, but Ray Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod, the safety, and Micah Hyatt started um, two true freshmen, and they played 13 freshmen, actually. So I was pretty impressed by those guys, um, to be honest. Uh, you know, um, but I guess Malik Jefferson is a guy you saw play. Texas, Notre Dame, I, I know you pretty well. There's a lot of draftable guys in that game. 
So I know you kind of had your eyes glued on Jalen Smith and guys like that, but uh, did you get a chance? We didn't Bill Carroll? I, I was. I was impressed by him. Um, Malik Jefferson is a guy that I had as number two overall recruit in the country behind Josh Rosen. I think he, he was the best player on Texas team on Saturday. Would, it, would you agree with that? Um, I mean, I yeah, you know, I mean, he was uh, Texas needs bright spots. I'll say that much. So he definitely was a bright spot, and what was the disaster that was that game? Um, but uh, I don't know, Bill. What what do you think about Malik Jefferson? We were asking about who, which player? Uh, Malik uh, Jefferson of Texas. Wait, hold hold on, Bill Carroll has joined oh. the show. This is this is big. <laughs> it is my first oh, show, okay. and I'm, I'm happy that <laughs> Bill Carroll decided to join the show. Yeah, we're talking about Malik Jefferson of Texas, um, who, a guy I had number two overall in the country last year behind Josh Rosen. Wow, I thought he played really well on Saturday um, for for a younger guy. I know he's a little underweight still, but you know I thought he's got good quickness, um, really good feet, and uh, good hands. Uh, what do you think about him on Saturday? Well, I mean, he, you know, he has all the, the tools and components and everything to look for. I was, um, obviously, he needs to get stronger. I think he has, you know, a, certainly a bright future. And he's gone to a, the right coaching staff. Or, I mean, I think on defense, at least, that they have the right guys at Texas to help develop, um, help develop the, you know, the talent that they have assembled. Obviously, we all know about some, things going on on the other side of the ball, but I think I think that he has a real a real a really good chance to develop there and be a very good player. It's a little early to, you know, as the old saying goes, as Parcells as they break off the anointing oils, but yes, he, he's off to a good start. Okay, and and Bill, since you, you just came on and you missed the first few minutes, um I'm gonna ask you. You know, you're, you're kind of, I guess, the elder statesman of this show right now. <laughs> um, yeah, you see yes, a lot I of true fre- You see a lot of true freshman performances. Where does that one rank? Um, Josh Rosen's at UCLA versus Virginia. Um, I mean, <clears throat> well, he had the internet buzzing, man. I mean, he had everything. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably in the top ten of the last hundred or so years. Of, you know, <laughs> well, I'm exaggerating slightly, but because um, you know, there was no freshman eligibility until about 40 years ago, anyway. But um, what I will say is that he, he showed you all the things that we've heard about, uh, including, you know, obviously being extremely poised. We saw that. We saw uh, a really high mental grasp of the game. We saw touch and anticipation and accuracy. We saw arm strength. We saw there was – now, he didn't see much in the way of pass rush. So, you know, he didn't get a chance to show us much in the way of courage because – they didn't seem to be interested in putting any pressure on him. But that's a guy that, if he continues to progress on that arc, you know, he could be mentioned in the same breath as the Andrew Lux and, and others of the world. Right, yeah. I mean, Troy Aikman even said, you know, that this guy is the real deal. I love Josh Rosen. He could be one of the best UCLA quarterbacks ever. And Troy Aikman is definitely probably by far the best UCLA quarterback ever. And okay, man, that one's good in college, but... Obviously, Troy or Troy Aiken is the Hall of Fame. So, um, yeah, high praise. You know, Gary, hey man, Gary Beeman. Gary Beeman won the Heisman. Stole it from OJ. Did actually. No one ever talked about, about him. Yeah, Always assume that OJ won the Heisman. <laughs> but yeah, he did actually. So you're right. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, oh, I told you earlier, and I'm Oh, we're maybe a block too early here. At least we're. I think we, the best thing I the best thing I saw from Rosen is how pissed off he was oh, here when he had like, an incompletion. Yeah, you know, I just thought that was kind of a little fun to see the the football nerd in me. He was so mad. Um, that first incompletion he threw, like the big bomb they popped the call, he's so pissed off. So mad. <laughs> Thank you, sir. But uh, I thought overall. You know, good performance. Uh, this true, this true freshman class is is, is got there. looking to be one of the best right now. Um, were there any other guys that uh, you were impressed with that are true freshmen out there? Well, like I said, when you consider that some of the things that people kept asking for Brett Hundley to do in his, you know, almost three complete seasons as a starter, you saw this guy who's just 18 years old, do pretty much right away, you know, uh, very impressive. Now, once again, he never dealt with anything resembling a pass rush, you know, so that was the, like I said, that's still the one thing I, the, the jury is very much out on Rosen. I want to see how he handles, as the old saying goes, getting smacked in the mouth. If he looks like that when somebody knocks him around a little bit, then, yeah, at that point, I'm, I'm a buyer, completely sold at that point. Right, yeah, and like I said, I agree. Pass rush wasn't there, and you know, um, I did see him make some some really good stuff in high school, his senior year. He lost three linemen on um, his senior year, going into his senior year. So, but I think he'll be able to handle it. We'll see. Their line got a lot better. Um, that's something Homely didn't have his past two years was that developing line. Uh, it's finally developed, and they've got some upperclassmen there. And Jake Brindle, like I said, is one of the best centers. That's going to help him out tremendously. He's the heart and soul, um, and the captain of the team is Jake Brindle, is center. So. Gonna be a pretty big deal if he can stay healthy. Um, Tanner Magnum, he, you know, huh. he was a true freshman huh. that had a pretty big impact, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's gonna be the starter the rest of the way. He has a chance. And once again, you know, obviously it's a loss to to not have. You know, a lot of people were trying to put, you know, his predecessor Taysom Hill in the Heisman Trophy, you know, finalist category and things like that, despite the fact that he was you know, a, a very raw passer and things like that. But in Mangum, you have more of a traditional, you know, what I was used to be with your quarterbacks uh, back in the 70s and 80s. More of a, he can run a little bit, but he's really more of a drop-back passer with, with pretty solid mechanics. Yeah, if you guys don't know a little, about, about, a little bit about Tanner Magnum, um, he technically still is a true freshman, even though he already went on his warm mission. Um, right. So he was in the same class as Gunnar Keel and James Winston, um, 2012. Um, like I said, he's still considered a true freshman. Um, he was actually tied. Um, the only tie in the league level history was James Winston and Tanner Magnum. So he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, a little undersized, you know, kind of a big and dunk type of guy, but he made a big throw. <laughs> he's, he's what, 200, 202 pounds, is that correct? Yeah, he's six. Uh, Three listed at six three, <laughs> two hundred two pounds. I, I don't know if he's actually six three. He's probably a little bit smaller than that, but um, probably about six two and a half or something like that. But yeah, he's a, he's a good quarterback. Um, obviously, he's got the keys for the next four years um, to that program. Uh, sad that that uh, Taysom Hill might get another year in college. Oh I Jesus! I mean, okay. I well, I don't think he. I don't think he will. I, I think what I'm hearing out of Provo is that he's kind of. It's just going to enter the draft, you know, go ahead and leave. So um, he's been there forever. He doesn't want to be <laughs> in college anymore, even though he is in the well, Masters program. 
Right. I mean, what's he going to do? Get a, start on his PhD while he's still in college? <laughs> well, I mean, he got here the first game of the season, and technically, I think they would give Jason Hill another year because, you know, everybody likes Jason Hill, right? So, <laughs> I think the NCAA would give him another year, but I don't think he'll take it. Is, is that the criterion they use nowadays for awarding the next year of eligibility, likability? Is that how they do it now? It has something to do with it. <laughs> it has something to do with it. But I, I think he's done. I, I think we saw, sadly, a career that was never filled out the way it should have been. Um, he only ended up playing 14 games. Yep. But as good as he was, you know. Right, but he was a crash-kept dummy, Donovan. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, people talk about Robert Griffin III and other guys not really knowing how to take care of themselves out there. Really? You know, try some taste of hill tape for a guy that see. He treats his body like a rental. He does. He does. And he got hurt in high school, too. He had a torn rotator cuff, and he had a, he had a knee. He had a meniscus there, too, um, his junior year. So he, he's always just been an injured-up man. <laughs> um, so, you know, I know this is the, 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 the true freshman segment, but, uh, you know, I, I will switch it up a tad bit. Do you guys see him playing any – can he even make a roster at the next level? Well, I mean, two, the two questions are health, obviously. You know, if he can become 100% healthy and stay healthy, which has always been the issue for him. Because the problem is he's going to go to another position. It's going to be another position where people are going to run into him. You know, he, he's, he, was, he was playing the most protected position we have in football outside of, what, punter maybe? I mean, um, place kicker, kind of, but I mean, those guys play a lot less, lot fewer snaps. But amongst the quote-unquote real football positions, he's playing those protective positions we have, and he's kept getting hurt. So now he's going to play slot receiver or running back, third, third down back or something, and somehow become healthier? I mean, we can hope for that. It would be awesome if that could happen, but how do you, how do you feel like that's likely? <laughs> you know what I mean? After having watched this guy, as you said, starting from 11th grade on, not be able to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, he missed uh, – he only played three games his junior year, and um, he missed four his senior season. And obviously, like I said, he's missed – he went on a mission, and then he missed, um, you know, a season, <laughs> half a season, and he's about to miss this whole season. So, um, yeah, it, it's sad to see. I mean, obviously, we know Taysom Hill's a great guy. He could have been – he could have been a legend. Honestly, he was healthy. Well, he'll, all, he'll but, still be kind of a legend because, once again, I mean, he, he was the Mormon Tim Tebow. There will always be a, a certain amount of love for him out in the Wasatch Mountains and all that good stuff. But, but the Texas Longhorns, I mean, they're not. <laughs> yeah, he'll be a legend around, around Austin, too, I guess. I mean, honestly, yes, good he's point, not Jim. healthy because – He's not healthy because, honestly, I, I, I think the Texas as an organization, a team, probably drove down to New Orleans and got some voodoo dolls and started messing with those things. And, but then, oh, there you go. There goes Taysom Hill. Yeah, that, that Texas game is the obviously that, that was his breakout game for him on the national map. And Matt Brown actually was, you know, talking on the telecast. He was, he was on and said that's one of the top five ten guys he's ever had to defend against. Um, and Matt Brown – legend so <laughs> saying a lot <laughs> but he definitely destroyed them on the ground and he actually threw the ball pretty well too but uh, yeah you know it's sad to see and you know Jim what do you think about Tanner Magnum real quick and you know what do you think about Taysom Hill's um, 
what do you think he should do? I mean, should he should he go back for another year, seventh year, or should he go to the draft? Will he even get picked up? I mean, what's going to happen? Well, he already went on a mission, so he can't go on another one, or can he? Can you go on another mission? No, no more missions. That, that's over with. Um. No more missions. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I, I've talked to one scout in particular who is an NFL scout who thought that he most likely, they're looking at him as a wide receiver. So I think it will really depend on the type of team. Um, he, he was called the Mormon Tentigo for a reason. Um, and that's because he had really great legs and stuff like that. But he also had some throws, man, some throws that were just sort of like, eh, eh, at times in terms of sloppy mechanics and uh, just Paul Wallace-like throws. So I think if he's going to make it in the NFL, it's going to be at another position potentially. Because I know, again, like I, like I said, a lot of teams are possibly looking at him as more of a wide receiver as an athlete versus a quarterback. But uh, should he stay at school? No. I mean, he's already, what, 25? So he can – he turns, he turns 26 before yeah. the draft, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And, um, exactly. So he can already rent a car. You can already rent a car now. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you got you to gotta get in now. Uh, I I mean, if he stays, I mean, if he wants to stay and just play more college football, more power to him. But as far as the NFL goes, that's a totally different beat. So um, there's no guarantee that he would actually make it, whether or not he stays or goes. So um, it just just is kind of like that when you take the film. Right. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, I haven't talked to Scott about him, but, you know, some people I have, Talk to you that that know really a lot about football. Definitely want him to move to uh, receiver or um, safety. I've heard about safety too. He played safety a little bit um, in high school too, so could be a possibility. It's going to be a tough transition, regardless. I definitely don't think he should stay. <laughs> I think it's about time to just let it go um, and give it up. Um, as far as the college stuff, um, go ahead and go in the and try to see. You know, he's got a family. You know, he's got to kill him away. Married for a few years, so. Tanner Magnum era has begun. <laughs> and and yes. Provo. And, and began with a bang. I mean, you can't do much better in terms of announcing yourself to the world as a young quarterback than, you know, winning a game that you have no business winning. You can't. You are definitely right about that. Um, I guess the last thing we'll talk about before, Brett Virgil is coming on the show, um, the Army um, quarterback, um, possibly going to Army. He's got a verbal right now. Uh, I know Bill is a military guy, so if you want to stick around. <laughs> Go Army, beat Navy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My dad's been in the Navy for 20 years, man. I can't oh, say that. Oh, sorry. But, <laughs> sorry <about> that. <laughs> well, he's been retired for a few years now. But no, it's all right. Uh, Air Force. When was, the last time, when was the last time Army beat Navy, though? You know what, Jim? <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, we're going to ask Brett. Maybe hopefully he'll know that. Um, question. I want to put him on the spot like that, though. So maybe, not. <laughs> but, uh, you know. But anyway, so, I mean, okay. Well, last one. I'll, the last thing I'll say about these true freshmen, um, Bill. You remember a class like this? I mean, there's seems to be some superstar guys. Um, Kyler Murray, we talked about a little bit. Um, Rosen, Trent Thompson from Georgia. Uh, Jake Browning got his start. Christian Kirk 
Micah Hyatt. I mean, there's all types of guys. Byron Coward plays three. Well, I mean, everybody talks about the 79 class, right? Right. Dickerson, James, Elway, Marino. I mean, he goes on and on from Freilich. I mean, it's a list. Um, that's the class, or is it Covert? Or is it both, Freilich and Covert? Oh, good God. I mean, but, yes, uh, there have been classes that people point to, that being one of the ones that always pops into my mind when people about the greatest high school class of all time. And there was one in the 80s that had, I can't remember everybody, Cortez Kennedy, um, in fact, a bunch of kids that went to Miami, uh, Jesse Armstead, um, one, of the, one of the Blades's, I can't remember which one of them. Um, but yeah, there was there have been some, and then like those other teams that had great classes as well. But there was a Miami class that had something like nine future NFL guys in it. They all brought in in once. It might be a record. Um, if it's not a record, it's got to be close. Orlando Pace's year had a bunch of other future pros in it. I can't remember all the other guys, but I remember there was a bunch of future pros in that class. But this class has a chance to be special. And people pay more attention when it's, when it's quarterback hit. There have been other great classes, but they just didn't have as many quarterbacks. Right. The, the, yeah, one that, the thing that helps this one to stand out is it's quarterback heavy. There's a lot of top quarterbacks in this group. There is. And we didn't even see one of the best quarterbacks, Blake Barnett, um, play. Obviously, Alabama's got a few quarterbacks ahead of him. He's fourth in the depth chart. Probably get a red shirt at um, Probably. Right David's not afraid to register at anybody. He's, no, he's one of those guys who's going to be scared by your threat of transfer. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good thing for Blake to register. I think he, he, he needed it, and uh, I think that, um, you know, he could play right now, but I think that's, you know, obviously they have three solid quarterbacks. I like Cooper Bateman a lot. Speaking of a Utah guy, Utah had a good week. <laughs> I know Cooper didn't really play that much, but all three Utah schools won. Uh, Osa Mensa and, and – uh, um, excuse me, Porter Gustin played great. Tanner Magnum played great. I know they lost Taysom, uh, a Utah guy, but oh, he's from Idaho, right? But close enough. Oh, you're talking about, um, what's his name? Yeah. You're talking about uh, Bateman? Yeah, Cooper Bateman. I thought he, you know, obviously Coker's a guy right now, but I thought Bateman, he moved up. You know, he was supposed to be the number three. You know, he ended up being number two. He got a little bit of PT. So, you know, I'm glad he's around. Is Stidham redshirt or is Stidham a true freshman? Stidham was a true freshman. Yeah, I was going to get to him, too. Uh, Stid- Garrett Stidham of Baylor threw a touchdown. Yeah, he looked pretty uh, Drew- decent. He looked pretty decent. Yeah, Drew Locke from Missouri. Uh, we were talking about him, me and Jim Coburn earlier, about him possibly. Oh, my God. It's not that, how old is battle. that kid? How old is that kid? Drew Locke is uh, 18 years old. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's 18. Yeah, yeah that's he, an 18-year-old? I, I, I know you've seen a lot of Manny Monk. I feel like he has just the same awareness, um, even, maybe even better awareness than, than Manny Monk. Um, and I'm not saying he's going to win the battle. There is no battle. Manny Monk's a starter. We know that. But as Manny Monk, you know, plays like he did early in the season last year, Drew Locke could be, you know, right on his butt. Because Gary Pingle's going to play the best player. He doesn't care That's about. A, those, are, those are two very interesting, physically different kind of guys. I mean, yeah. you have a, a choice to make there. I mean, you have – they list Manny Mock at what? Six feet tall, which is a joke. Six feet. Exactly. Yeah, six feet. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so he, man, he's, if he's uh, six he's, feet tall – lost some weight whoo! now, but – Yeah, yeah, he's slimmed down. He's laid off the Patron, as the old saying goes. Um, <laughs> the words of, of Lindale White. But he's uh, – he's, 
hopefully, I'll put it that, he's listed at hopefully six feet tall, filled with hope that he might be six feet tall. And then Ott is a very different physical type. <laughs> yeah, lost a 6'4", 215-pound guy, and he's only 18, so you know, yeah, he, he can yeah, end up he, being a humongous guy <laughs> at the end of the day, um, like a white um, Jeremy Johnson, maybe. Because <laughs> um, What happened to that kid? What happened to the kid? What's his name? Corbin Bernstresser or whatever? What happened to that kid? They used to have it at uh, who I thought one day was going to be the starter eventually at at, at uh, Missouri. He's still there. He's just you know. He, oh, Drew Locke outplayed him. You know, he was supposed to be the backup, oh. and Drew Locke. Uh, I didn't honestly think Drew Locke would be. Thought he would get redshirted too, but he played so well. Um, some people said he played better than Maddie. Um, at sometimes at, at, later in the uh, the fall camps, and you know, obviously he he didn't gra- he didn't good in there early like some of these other quarterbacks did because he um, stuck around for a senior. Whole senior year and played um, basketball. He's actually really, right. really, really good basketball player. But um, right, and he, he decided to be a high school kid for real. Go to his prom and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do that. And he you know, that. Elway did that. It didn't seem to hurt him. Didn't hurt him. Didn't hurt him at all. <laughs> Definitely. And you know, Jake Browning, like we we talked about him. Uh, we talked about a little bit of him on your show. Um, he struggled, but you know, we didn't expect him to play. You know, obviously, Sally Miles going down. And, um, you know, uh, Jeff Lundquist not playing well. And, you know, they lost a lot of skilled players. I mean, gosh, Washington had, what, three first-round picks last year or something like that, three top 50 picks. So um, that team is going to struggle a little bit. But um, Yeah, they're rebuilding. They're definitely rebuilding. They're they're doing some new things. But all in all, um, impressed by this class. The quarterbacks, of course, um, like I said, were were great, Um, Josh being the – main guy, but like I said, Colin Murray looked good, especially running the football. God, that kid's fast. Um, yes, yes, he oof. is. He's a lot faster he's, than his dad, but he doesn't seem to have quite his dad's arm. No, no, the arm is it's, it's a work in progress. He has it sometimes. It's, it's very, very, very inconsistent um, at times, but you know, he's a, he's a little guy. And he is little. Very little, smaller, a lot smaller than English. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what did he? What do they list? What do they list? Uh, Kyler Murray. What do they list him at? Five eleven, uh, one ninety-two, I think. Which means he's five nine and change, and the weight might be kind of close because he's kind of thick in the lower body. But he is actually, yeah, he, he is pretty thick in the lower body. He's got the you know, legs up, but yeah, he he's not five eleven. I'm five eleven. I saw him. For exactly. I mean, I'm just going to go say <laughs> he's uh, he's close. And he's, he's probably not 5'10", while we're on the subject. I mean, that, right. that kid looks like he's 5'9 and change. He looks like he's flutiesque, except, like I said, a little thicker in the lower half. Right, yeah. And he, you know, he's a guy that maybe he's gotten a little bit bigger from the last time I saw him. That was a while ago. It was in February. But <laughs> I don't know if he, he grew old to inches, but you know, weight-wise, yeah, he's pretty good. And Kyle Allen, they're both good quarterbacks. Um, like me and Jim were talking about earlier, two-quarterback system is uh, not the greatest, but it worked really well because Kyle Murray is just more of a running quarterback right now anyway. And uh, Allen's a, like dual threat type of guy, more of a pocket passer. So I think it's going to work for the meantime. Uh, they'll probably play both a lot the whole season, though. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like a, this, this recruiting class, like you said, like we've all said, we've all been waiting for these guys to play. Week one was fun um, for the recruiting class. And 
it's a you know it, recruiting's changed. We talk about it all the time. It's changed from even that '79 class you're talking about. Were oh okay you know well the, weren't, weren't as good. So I mean, call or, excuse me, it wasn't the same. It was a different type of recruiting class in a sense. Um, more redshirt freshmen instead of these true freshmen. Is that kind of Bill? Do you think that's kind of going to be the new norm, or is just this is just this class that good? Sorry, I lost you for a second there. No, you're fine. I was just saying, do you think, uh, is this a new norm for these freshmen to play early, or is this class just that good where they played early? It's a combination of, of, of two things. Kids are less patient. You know, it used to be that if you started as a true freshman, first of all, that freshman eligibility is only a little over 40 years old. There used to be that you couldn't play as a freshman. So there was no, you know, super freshman, you know, in the 50s and 60s anyway. So freshman eligibility, they made an exception during World War II because of, you know, a lot of the older guys going away to war. But for a long time, you didn't have freshman eligibility at all. You have freshman teams. You, have, you know, so you guys would play on the freshman team their first year, and it would be a shorter season and very little travel. You would only play, you know, very local teams, or you might play some teams, JV squad or, you know, the – Maritime Academy or that kind of thing, you know. And then when they introduced full-on freshman eligibility, things began to change. But even then, you know, if you're at Alabama, if you're at Texas, if you're at USC, if you were above the fifth string as a freshman, it was an accomplishment in the old days. And then by the late 70s, you started to see – the rise of the freshmen. Not that they were, I mean, still there's a very small number of guys who made impact. I mean, we talked about some of them. Dickerson and James at SMU made immediate impact. Uh, Marino didn't win the job day one at Pitt, but he was playing before his freshman season was over. Uh, Elway was the man from the time he arrived at Palo Alto. But even then, it was definitely, you know, I mean, we obviously Bo Jackson and um, Herschel Walker were, maybe the two greatest freshman running backs the game has ever seen. And they, you know, hit within a couple of years of each other and destroyed the SEC. But you're seeing two things at work. One is these guys are more ready. I mean, Miles Garrett, I saw pictures of him when he arrived at Texas A&M, and my thought was, I don't remember 18-year-olds looking like this. I don't remember that. That was not part of – I mean, there were big kids in my days, but they didn't look like that. And then the other thing that I think was the big dramatic change uh, was the, um, you know, like I said, kids are wrestling to wait. That's the other big change. Kids don't want a redshirt. Exactly. They don't. And you're right about the, the, the training, the off-the-field off training, whether it be mental um, training or, or studying the game or, you know, a lot of physical training. Um, there's not, There probably wasn't any hyperbaric chambers or, all these weight <laughs> lifting classes and uh, elite 11s and the whole nine yards quarterback camp and stuff like that. So that's that's a big deal, a uh, big thing to do with it as well. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, um, gosh, Texas A&M is just a really good example of the past two years of getting true freshmen to get in there and play. Um, and it's getting more to the norm. Um, there's still some old school coaches that want to redshirt their guys, but you got to play the best players. You know, when all said and done. So, 
if it's a true freshman or a redshirt or whoever, um, you got to give that guy a chance to play, a fair chance, especially with the camps too, um, as far as with the fall camp and, you know, spring games and stuff like that. Spring games are huge now. Um, I don't know about spring games, maybe when Bo Jackson was, I mean, you know, I don't know. I wasn't alive yet. <laughs> but, you know, Auburn has the biggest spring game, I think, this year. Or Alabama, one of those two. So it's huge. Um, recruiting's big. Um, household names now. So everything's changed pretty much. I mean, you used to be just automatically redshirted at a lot of the power programs, no matter how good you were, with very few exceptions. Let's say you were, like I said, really thin at your position or something. And now it's almost the opposite. Only a few places are you an automatic redshirt. They have to have great depth at your position, or you're not ready. So the, the assumption has switched. Yeah, definitely has, definitely has. Do you, now, you know, I'll ask this, this question, too. Um, any chance that Josh Rosen can get to NYC? Do you, you buying that, or is it a little too soon? It is, it is unlikely, but if UCLA wins the Pac-12, sorry, Pac-12, or plays for the Pac-12 championship and he has a great game in the championship game, even if UCLA, UCLA loses, then, yes, he has a chance. It's always tougher for West Coast guys, for all the reasons we've already talked about. And it's always tougher for freshmen because though you are super keyed into recruiting, not every single sports writer, not every single high school voter knows. I mean, in his case, they, they have the advantage of him being hyped more than most high school quarterbacks. They have, a lot of them may at least have heard the name. But most of them didn't see that game. It's a highlight, most of the high school voters. Now, he needs to... Like I said, like every Heisman winner, he needs to have that dramatic, preferably a come-from-behind victory in a nationally televised game that East Coast and West Coast voters all saw together. If he can pull that off, and this is a 11-win season or something like that for UCLA, and they're a team that, you know, if not quite a Final Four team, then right outside of that, yeah, he can make it at least as a, as a Heisman finalist if everything falls in the line. I agree. I can agree more. You know, uh, last year I kind of maybe went a little bit too far with a true freshman running back that plays in Louisiana. You might have heard of Lynn <laughs> Fournette. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I kind of, you know, Rosen was different just because, you know, I, physically I had never really seen a running back like Lynn Fournette, but I know mentally I haven't really seen a quarterback like him um, with the ability to throw the deep ball. Um, it's hard, man. A lot of people don't want to take those chances throwing the deep ball, and Moore will let him do it. And, and Coach Mazzone, Zoni will let him do it as well. So I, I think that's the big difference for him and uh, any other quarterback in this class is that obviously he has a they, – they bring back 10 stars on offense. He's the only missing link. And obviously it's sad that they lost Eddie Vander does um, on the defensive side of the season, but still think they're a solid team. That was my team to win the Pac-12, UCLA. Um, USC fans don't hate me. I'm just, just picking who I think is going to win. <laughs> uh, Oregon, obviously, still a solid team. They played a couple true freshmen. Um, Todd uh, Griffin played a little bit. Um, not a freshman, but obviously Vernon Adams played really well. My, I don't know if he's playing this week, but we'll see. I think he will. But, uh, you know, he took that dirty, dirty, dirty hit <laughs> towards the end of the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a really good football season. 
Um, we saw a lot of true freshmen play. Uh, we, we got some freshmen coming in. Um, this upcoming class are going to be really good, too. This class is, is good. I've talked about this class being uh, pretty deep um, at every position. There's not one Rosen or Fournette or that type of guy. It's more similar to the class uh, Kyle Allen was in a few years ago. Um, a freshman I am excited to see is uh, Josh Wett. I know he didn't get a chance to really play too much because he's still banged up, but, uh, you know, he's a Virginia guy, though. You know, I know you know yes, he is. Oscar well. Keith yeah. Smith. Yeah. He, uh, he related to the famous R&B singer Keith Sweat. I, I do not believe so. In fact, it's not even spelled the same way. But uh, but it'd be nice if he were. You know, because there's all kinds of there's all kinds it'd be of good jokes for the bio. set up. Good for the bio. Yes, it? yes, it would be great for the bio. Great for the bottom. I mean, yeah, you bring Keith Sweat, um, sing some national anthems and stuff, and, you know, that just helps out, Keith Sweat being your uncle. But, no, Josh Sweat, I think he's going to be impactful towards the middle of the season. Um, Forrest has a bunch of guys. Um, that Derwin James is one of them that I, that I like a lot. Um, Florida's got some guys. You know, C.C. Jefferson is a man, <laughs> a man-child. Um, he's a guy I think that's going to be really dominant. Um Coming up, and I don't know West. Did you guys watch the West Virginia Georgia Southern game this weekend, or watch any of those highlights? They had a true freshman slot receiver, Jovan Durante, who was really oh, good. Oh, okay. I've heard of, haven't had a chance to check him out yet, but I, I will definitely. He's on my list of people to see. Yeah, played good. That you know, he's, you know, they got the other two guys there. Um, who they, I guess, I guess they're the new tennis table on Austin Seven Bay. I don't think they're that good, but they're both the same size as both those guys. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I like him in the slot. You know, I think he's exciting just because uh, he, he wasn't a five-star, four-star guy. He's a three-star, but he's quick. You know, West Virginia likes speed, 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 speed. So, you know, he's a Florida guy, which um, probably half their team from Florida. But, uh, you know, we got to look out for I think he called it a touchdown. 104 yards on uh, three, only three catches, but, you know, big catches, though. Um, like I said, you know, there are some true freshmen last year that are still doing really good this year. Deshaun Watson looked like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> you know, yep. perfect pretty much, right, at times. I mean, he just – it's so easy to watch him throw the ball. I love watching him throw um, the football. So, But, uh, yeah, I guess uh, – we got about seven minutes left on the show. Um, is there any? And is there any uh, freshmen? You know, either true redshirt or guys. You know, what guys last year that do impress you this week, um, James? Um, freshmen. I can't really think of anybody. I mean, it's it's the chosen Rosen. And that's about it in terms of all the guys I've seen. Uh, Texas A&M, those guys, caught a little bit of them. But I uh, haven't really been focusing too much on the uh, freshman guys, mainly, mainly the guys that are on their way out, you know, right. the guys that are about to get suited up and jump into the abyss for the NFL. So. <laughs> I love it, the abyss. <laughs> yeah. 
Bill, you, you, uh, anybody? Sure. Well, well, I mean, I may, I may have missed some of this stuff, but Notre Dame had a couple of kids they rolled out that looked pretty good, if memory serves me correctly. Um, and I don't always remember who's true and who's been registered, but my memory is that I think there were at least two kids out there that they they had uh, who who flashed some some real potential with memory. Like I guess if my memory serves correctly about whether they were you know, quote-unquote true freshmen or if they redshirted. But, yeah, I mean, some of the guys that I, I was excited about, um, you know, that got a chance to show at least a little bit of what they are or what they did or things like that. Uh, well. Yeah, like Alizé Jones was, was one of those guys. That was one of them, yep. From Bishop Gorman, and, yeah. he's a, he, and he is a true freshman, correct? He is. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, and, you know, he's, he, you know they, they run a two-tight end system. He's the third tight end, but, I mean, he's still got to have to play a little bit. And, um, gosh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Coleman, I think, is one of those guys, too, the corner. Yep, yep. He's a, he's a nickel and, corner. He's probably the best freshman on the team, true freshman. Right. And I'm assuming you guys already talked about Christian Kirk quite a bit at Texas A&M. Yeah, he's... Pretty he broke those guys. He, bro- he and a lot of Arizona State fans are just crying at this point. Um, he already, you know, he had a verbal there for two years, and then he left with the end. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> yeah, he just kind of destroyed them. You know, broke their hearts. And I was a little disappointed in the Arizona State quarterback, Virgil Vici. I thought he'd play a little bit better than that. But John Chavis is just really better than everybody else at what he does. <laughs> um, Gosh, I mean, he. I thought he would throw for a, for a few yards. Uh, by a few, I mean about three fifty, four hundred. He didn't get there. Not close. So, a little disappointing. But yeah, the true freshmen on Notre Dame are pretty good. They're, you know, I, like I said, I'm really sad about Nick Coleman. Um, you know, they got Kavari Russell and Luke Cole. You know, shoot, their their secondary is great. Notre Dame is Notre better than I thought. I know their defense is. Might be the best in the country, but I mean their offense was better than I thought. Um, they did lose their running back for the season, so that's pretty big. They're down to only two running backs now, <laughs> so that's a pretty big deal. But uh, we'll see. They they got a quarterback now that uh, won't turn the ball over too much. So, <laughs> right. Excuse me. I think he'll be a little bit better for that team. But yeah, well, you know, shows about to come to a little well, bit. Well, this was one other guy. Uh, he obviously is okay. the number two guy, or maybe number three. I guess we can't shake that. But I think Calvin Ridley's going to have one or two big games this year for uh, Alabama as well. Hmm. The nineteen-year-old Calvin Ridley. Well, he's a he's a kid with some speed and size. Yeah, Calvin, Calvin Ridley is actually twenty-one already, but um, or twenty, twenty, not twenty-one. Sorry. Twenty, really. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 uh, three days older than Amari Cooper. Hmm. But he's a true freshman. Interesting. So yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. A I little, did not know that. Right. Okay. Yes, yeah. I, he, he's a guy that should be obviously way more mature body wise. Um, right. <laughs> no, I saw a little. Days. I saw a little bit of him in the, uh, the Wisconsin game. Uh, he had. Uh, I don't remember if it was a fade route or some sort of breaking in route, but he kind of got it broken up at the last minute. Good play. Good play by the DB, really. 
It was a great play by the DB. Yeah, it was a great play by the DB. He he stayed in phase, stayed hip to hip, and then at the point where usually wide receivers, you know, the old thing is if I'm even, I'm leaving. But he instead, he showed really good makeup. That last stride, that last little power stride allowed him to get back in position to get to the ball. It was pretty technique. You don't see that kind of technique very often, quite frankly. It was some of the best technique I saw all week. Did we lose Donovan? Did we lose Donovan? I hope not. Brett Virgil, Brett Virgil, are you there? Okay, I think we got him in. You guys there? I'm here. Okay, I'm trying to see if Brett's still on the call. Okay. I'm back, guys. Sorry about that. A little mixed up. Oh, it's cool. cool. I was trying to get Brett Virgil on quickly before the show ends, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Looks like I can get an extension on the show. But, (laughs) but yeah, anyway, you know, I appreciate you guys coming on. Those those guys, uh, those freshmen are definitely big time, you know. Um, I can't wait to see more. And then I'm not going to go too far and say this is the best class ever or anything like that, but probably the best about five years, I would say, at least the past decade. Um, we'll see. You know, we, we got some superstars in the making for sure. Um, Bill Carroll, let the people know what you're doing, what you're up to, and your Twitter handle and everything like that. I am in the process of working on matchup articles for week two, which will be dropping by about Thursday morning-ish for uh, – uh, fan speak and under the consensus draft services subheading, and I am actively recruiting uh, Pete Smith. So Pete Smith, if you're out there, I'm I'm looking for you, man. Uh, if you're looking for work, I've got work for you. <laughs> yeah, because um, he, he was writing for Football Savages, correct? And then now they're yeah, which, no longer, whatever. Uh, yep. Right. We'll, we'll do another show about that some other time. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate you coming on. But, well, you know, it, it looks like I got a little extra time, possibly. <laughs> so <laughs> we're still going to try to get – we're still going to try to get Brett Virgil on for at least about 15 minutes and ask him a couple questions. So uh, you stick around. No, that's okay. It's, it's a little late for you. But uh, <laughs> being in Chicago and everything. But, you know, we'll, we'll definitely um, – Keep you on the call. Um, Jim Coburn, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, Jim Coburn, one of the best at metrics in the world for football. You know, uh, tell them about yourself and what you're doing. I know you're probably doing a lot right now. You're, you're a machine. You guys are both machines, but th- two different machines. <laughs> <laughs> two different, exactly. Two very different machines. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I, I guess uh, – I don't know. I guess I'm I'm RoboCop and Bill is like I don't know some sort of the Terminator, something like that. You know, he has yeah, more, I'm the uh, old school Terminator. Yeah, the old more, uh, yeah. sort of yeah wrinkled older Terminator. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because the skin, you know, it ages because of you know reasons. But anyway, so <clears throat> anyways, yeah. Um, if I'm from Morgan, all from football source.com. 
I've already posted a couple scouting reports on a few guards in this class. Um, Josh Garnett. I feel so bad for Josh Garnett, a Stanford guy. Like he's he's doing things right. He's he's getting getting the second level. It's just everybody else is messing it up, <laughs> and it's really bad. Jim, Jim, let me let me let me stop you for yep. one second. I gotta ask you guys both a question real fast. Since you mentioned Josh Garnett, you mentioned Stanford, you know where I'm gonna go to number yes. eight. You know, he might be a quarterback. He might not be. He doesn't complete many passes. But uh, <laughs> yes, I just took a shot, at Kevin Hogan. Even though I'm, I guess you know, I like Kevin. Well, here's Hogan. the thing. I'll say, Don. <laughs> here's what I'll say about Kevin Hogan. I saw the game again. There were some drops. Man. Oh yeah. Big, yeah. What the heck? Yep. Drop. Oh yeah. Yep. Mixed in Three. with some shoddy ball placement and accuracy too. So yeah, three yeah. huge drops um for yep. over like twenty five yards. Um disappointing, but I still expect more. Do you think he is going to get benched at any point during the season or is it just his job? Good. Right now, or do you think Keller uh, Chris? If I'm David Shaw, if, I, if I'm David Shaw, and I put on the tape, I would think about it to try Bill? to. I mean, you, you can't well, call the. Uh, it it sure uh, is not oh, yeah, impossible. Ahead. It's not an impossibility that he could get benched. I think it's a less than fifty-fifty thing. I think mean, he's more likely to not get benched than to get benched. Shaw likes to not make his quarterbacks think, you know, I mean, he's been pretty good about going with whoever his guy is and, you know, ride or die, blah, blah, blah. But he also would like to win football games. So if this was an aberration and things look better and they go on to have a 9-3, and 10-2, whatever kind of season, then no. But if this is, you know, the tip of a an ugly iceberg, and they drop some more games they're not supposed to lose. I mean, hey, you know, this is a business. <laughs> I can't. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> but it's not just that. I don't think as a quarterback you have to worry about guys. I think it's the offensive line. Yep. They the offensive like line. Crap. Well, hey, but while we're on the subject, this supposedly stout Stanford defense got friggin' manhandled by the nerds. You know? Yeah, but I mean, it was on the but, – but I'll say this, though. It was by the edges of the defense. You know, inside, Shitu, which that's his name, or Shatu or whatever. Um, Shitu, their defensive tackle, was right, getting some right. decent power inside. It's just all of it was misdirection to the edges. And I got to tell you guys, watching, I think, what was the quarterback for Northwestern? Um, the You're talking white about guy. You know, Thorson, Clayton Thorson. Yeah, yeah. Watching him outrun Stanford defenders up the <laughs> sidelines. Pretty awesome, huh? That's, that's alarming. That's pretty scary. Think about... hard. When's the last time you saw a Northwestern quarterback? I mean, King Coulter, I guess, being to some extent an exception, but just flat sure. out run away from, from defenders it like wasn't that. Like, but it wasn't like he was like, okay, he has decent speed for a quarterback. I'm not disputing that, but... It but. wasn't like he had jets on. It wasn't like I was going, no. oh, it was like no. a slow motion type of play. where He's he got very long legs, everybody. yes. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't like watching Braxton Miller in the open field exactly, though. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So I think that that's where the defense issues lie. Uh, I don't really think it's the interior as much as the exterior. You know, the 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 you know the crusty parts of the cookie, I guess. But um, I I don't know. I, I that's the that's the bigger worry though, Donovan. I don't think it's really Kevin Hogan. I mean, Kevin Hogan's Kevin Hogan. They went. They won nine games with Kevin Hogan. The issue is offensive line. And the, yeah, the line. Right, yo, definitely skill positions. Um, I know the guy. I, I I do like Hooper and I like Dalton Schultz. Um, love Dalton Schultz, but he just you know he had a drop, a big drop, and he um can't really block <laughs> that well. He's a receiving tight end. Um, fast guy, big guy, but you know, can't really block Ken Hooper. It was, I guess, okay. Um. Line, yeah. I mean, this for Stanford had you know their best recruiting class ever, um, like two, three years ago. Um, so their recruiting class has gotten better and better, but it seems like they're kind of dropping off, which is kind of a weird thing. Um, don't really understand that. I mean, they got they got stars as far as the high school level all over now, and that's something they didn't have before. So maybe I'm not you can't scale back on recruiting, you know what I mean? But just a little odd that, you know, they've gotten a lot better at recruiting, but their team seems getting getting worse in a sense. Um, still a probably eight or nine win team. I, I wouldn't panic too, too much, but that was a pretty bad I loss. would panic. After watching you panic? Donovan, I would panic. Mm-hmm. You panic? We'll see. Stanford's usually resilient. They're usually, I would sit you know. down and have a film session. I would sit all those offensive linemen down, and I would say, this is what happened to us. You know, because they just were not – you can't execute – I hate to say this, Bill, but you can't execute versus Northwestern. Yeah. Seriously. We'll see. Yeah, they, play, they play UCF um, at home this uh, Saturday. Uh, Got to win. Must win. You cannot lose that game at home mm-hmm. UCF. Because um, if you lose that game, you get to go to L.A. and play USC the next week. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The chosen Rosen. The chosen Rosen. <laughs> No, no, that's a, that's Cody Kessler. You get to play him. Yes. Oh. You get to play the you oh, get to yeah. play the bachelor Kessler. You get to yeah. play the. Uh, that doesn't really work. So, yeah, so it doesn't really. I'm the sorry. Cody, that's what we can do with it. Cody, the Cody Zodi. Yeah, Cody. yeah, didn't work either. Cody. 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 <laughs> I don't know about. We gotta find. We do have to find Cody Kessler nickname though because uh, yeah, he's never really good. Sir. We're really good at, you know, nicknames, and he doesn't really have one yet, so we can we can find him one um, eventually. It might help with popularity. Um, it might, you know, amongst the draft mix if he had a nickname. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> it might help. But it's holding him back, yes. They, well, some people, some people, this is not a big nickname, but he, they call him Cody Mayer because, um, you know, the play on with the mayor, you know, L.A., and then he, his favorite artist is John Mayer, and he plays guitar, too, so... Um, <laughs> but I don't know if that's going to stick, Cody Mayer. Maybe. We'll see what happens. That's a that's really old newer... reference. John Mayer has not been relevant in, like, the last <laughs> five years or something like that. You're right. You're right. I just used to play on with the Mayer thing and John Mayer being a favorite. I didn't know he was such a good guitar player until the Bruce Feldman interview. He played a little guitar. But, uh, hey, <laughs> you know, well, you know uh, Terry Bradshaw was a good guitar player, so... There you go. You can quote me on that. So, Cody Kessler, he was, man. Terry Bradshaw, comparison. I just made it. 
you just did Well, Matt Barkley was really good at guitar, too. So, <laughs> um, maybe another comparison. But <laughs> Played a lot of blues songs. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I know Matt Barkley was a big Switchfoot fan, you know, Christian Rock type of guy. You know, he played guitar, yeah. too, on the beach. Yep. You know, yep. but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for Stanford, though, getting back to it, I mean, got to win that UCF game. You don't want to go 0-2 in in um, at USC because then you might be 0-3, and then David Shaw goes from being, you know, on the, you know, one of the top ten coaches to, you know. Being fired. No, no, he's not going to get fired. That Stanford wouldn't do that to him, I don't think. But he'd be on – they'd talk about him up there uh, on the radio. At the end of the season, to, they would think about it. I mean – they're not going to be as cold-blooded as USC, but, I mean, at the end of the season, if they, if they have a losing season this year, like, lose a lot of games, they'll go to a bowl, it's a possibility. You think so? I think if he goes 5-7, and seven, he'll be on the hot seat. I don't think he'll get fired, personally, I mean, because it's Stanford, and they're really – they're patient. They, they're, like, super happy they're even in this point, and they've been here for so long. A lot of Stanford fans thought this was just kind of like – you know, once Harbaugh left, it was over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, once Luck left, it was over. But it's not over, you know. They were a couple games away, um, you know, when Hogan was a freshman to being in the um, national championship. They were close. They were number four in the country in November, and, you know, they, they lost. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure. You know, that was a, you know, they can't wait too long. You know, I think this fan base is just, you know, more patient than the other schools, though. So I think they'll give them a little. I guess. The point I'm trying to make is, is that the window was open, but it's now shut. Firmly shut until stuff happens differently. At least for national championships and stuff like that. Uh, Unless I that's what their aspirations are. You know, that's a, if that's what, what – hey, if, if their aspirations are that, if they're just going to be like the Northwestern of the Pac-12, I can I can go with that. I can be okay with that. A little bit better than those Western. You gotta give more credit. Well, not this year they aren't. Not this year. They're more like the Wisconsin of the Pac-12. Like they're always eight wins, nine wins. You know, solid players. You know, I think they're a little bit better. But yeah, not this year. Northwestern definitely got them. But we'll see. They get, obviously they play a tough schedule. They they. <laughs> You know, Patrick North did look bad, but still, they have to play UCLA, USC, Arizona, and Oregon, and Cal, and Notre Dame. <laughs> so, no gimmies on that schedule. And I know Colorado is the laughing stock of the conference in Washington State, but those are still road games. Um, so, and that's another school, Washington State. Horrible. Wow. Now that's a coach on the hot seat. That's a that's a guy who might not make the season. Yeah. Now there you go. I I said Mike Leach. I gave him nine games. Um, you know, people were saying, you know, no, 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 no. Portland State. I didn't think they lose that game. <laughs> you know, I thought he would get fired. What? Game, whatever. Whatever. Go talk to your fat little girlfriend. <laughs> little problem. I didn't think, how great, I think how was, great you are. Have them tell them how great you are and everything else like that. But you're losing football games. Yeah, just uh, I watched some highlights of that on the Pat Twelve Network. I don't know if you guys had a chance to. Probably don't want to. But um, <laughs> man, the play calling was just weird. I don't understand. Luke Falk, you know, he didn't play bad. The new quarterback, well, obviously not that new. You know, he replaced Connor Halliday last year. But um, just some mysterious some screen passes um, down. You're down by three, throwing a screen pass on third and 16. Why? 
You know, you're taking out players. Because that's what they do. That's what they do, Donovan. <laughs> they ain't going to win the football, football. Game. Running the football is a trick play. It is. You got to eventually got to. You're not going to expect. You're not going to expect them to throw a screen pass when you're up by points, right? They'll throw the screen pass. Well, I said them to throw a, a maybe a um, ball past the line of scrimmage. Um, when third and sixteen, <laughs> at least. <laughs> but you know, maybe I'm wrong. You know, Mike Leach is maybe catchy smarter than me. But uh, <laughs> he's just not doing a good job right now. I think um, in recruiting he was okay. He actually did pretty good, but just in in game stuff is just not. And there's just some problems up there. I feel like with chemistry, um, I feel like the chemistry was a little off. Um, honestly, to, to be honest with you, um, Connor Holiday was there. I feel like he let him do everything, and he sometimes you need a little bit more structure. Um, he was just letting Connor do everything, and I think you know their running backs are actually earning bad picks in uh, Moro. But you know, like I said, he like you said, Jim, he's going to throw the ball till he dies. Maybe he can. I don't know their schedule by heart, but it's obviously tough. You know, they play in the Pac-12, so we'll see. We'll see what they can do. They play Rutgers. Um, tough. I mean, that's a team looks pretty good um, in their first game. Um, play two quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, that'll, 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 be a, uh, that'll be a game to kind of see where both those programs are, at least. You know, I would expect oh, yeah. Rutgers to win, but if Washington State were to win, it would get interesting, I guess. Yes, it would be very, very interesting. Um, yeah, and we'll see. I mean, like I said, we, we touched a little bit on Stanford and what they can do. I definitely wanted to talk to you a little bit about Hogan, um, what, what he was doing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple teams I, I feel like that uh, just, you know, they're young out west. Um, the Arizona, they, you know, Scooby Rice out for a few weeks. Uh, I think that's still a dangerous team, though. Um, they got to be careful though because they they get a little cute sometimes. Uh, Richard Vigas and they let teams back in games a, a lot. And um, you know, Oregon's another team you like a lot, Jim. I like Oregon a lot too. Um, they got a college game day versus Michigan State. I can't wait. That that's the game I've been waiting for. And the first week was great. You know, Arizona State Texas A&M game was the one I, I wanted to see the most. But now it's this one. Um, you pick it. And this is early in the week, so I won't hold you to anything. You don't have to make a, a pick, but you still leaning more toward Oregon for this game? Oh, me definitely. I'm a believer in Vernon Adams, and that's just how it is. So, yeah, I if I broke down more film of, of them, because I've really only seen Michigan State so far, I probably might be making a mistake because Oregon's defense has kind of had issues and struggled a bit. But I'm still going with Vernon Adams because I think that'll be a big televised game on a national, you know, national radar. And if he performs well, that'll help my Heisman. So it's really about winning my Heisman prediction more than anything else. I think Vernon Adams plays well. <laughs> I think they win. So. Right, Bill. How about you, um, Barty or the Duck? Bill Carroll, the name Bill Carroll's gone. Yeah, no, I'm right here. Oh, wait, no, he's here. <laughs> Did you are you taking yeah, was... Sparty or the Duck? Should I say it again? Are you taking Sparty or the Duck um, on Saturday? Oh, game day. Uh, 
I'm going to go – I'm going to go Ducks uh, for two reasons. One is I really believe that if they can – like, like any time you play them, if you can isolate the members of their secondary who are very good coming forward towards things and not so good going backwards away from things, if they can throw the ball deep, there will be – big plays to be had. And then tempo, well, man, because everybody's trouble. Nobody likes that darn Oregon tempo. That's no fun for anybody. And last but not least, though Vernon Adams is not Marcus Mariota, I think he may actually be more elusive. Maybe not faster, though it's close. I think we have two of them. But I think he's quicker. I think he's a guy who can, in tight spaces, he's even more likely to make someone miss than Mariota, who's so more of a long strider and, you know, like I said, a build-up speed guy instead of a quick stop-and-start guy like, like Vernon Adams. I think he's going to make a couple big plays with his feet and a couple big plays with his arm and pull it out. Okay, okay. Um, man, I like both of these things a lot. Um, I like both quarterbacks. I, I know we talked about Vernon Adams taking the, the shot at the end. Um, Lockie came in, the, you know, um, Richard Jr., um, if he does have to play a little bit, I think Brandon will start definitely. But if he doesn't play a little bit, I think they're okay. He's probably one of the more experienced backups in the country. I don't know about best, but he's played pretty well. But I think their speed's a little bit too much for Michigan State. It's going to be like a game-winning drive type of thing. Um, gosh, I really, really want to pick Michigan State a lot. I do like their team. I think they might only lose. Two games by – I think they're going to lose Ohio State and Oregon. But close. Both games are going to be close. But uh, I just got to pick Oregon. Too much speed. Byron Marshall and, and uh, Thomas Tyner and those guys. And, and uh, Royce Freeman, Devin Allen, so much speed. All track guys. Uh, I think their line will hold up versus that Michigan State pass rush. And Brandon Adams is definitely a game changer for them. And I think it's going to be kind of a, a lower scoring game, though. So I'm thinking 27 to, like, 20. Um, I think Connor Cook's going to play really well, but just not enough. Um, Oregon's going to do a good job at uh, stopping the run, I think, um, versus Michigan State. And tempo, 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 right? <laughs> For Helford and Frost uh, at the end yeah. of the day. We'll definitely make it a, a fun matchup, though. I think this is going to be a really good one uh, for college game day. And I know the other big matchup is um, Tennessee and Oklahoma, which easily could have been college game day um, going there as well. So, I think both of those games would be good. Oklahoma, Tennessee, who you guys got in that one real quick? Bill, I guess I'll start with oh, you. Uh, oh, or Jim, either way. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Bill. I'll, I'll go after Huh. Um, it's a difficult game to pick for a couple of reasons. Um, Tennessee is, is, a, is a team with a lot of young talent. Uh, they're a team that I think is a year away from being probably the best team in the SEC East. I think they're about a year away from that. And they'll be right in the thick of it this year. I think that they're the, the stronger team. I mean, physically stronger. They have, they're, they're a slightly bigger team at most positions in Oklahoma, though they certainly have some size. 
And Jim Coburn. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You didn't pick your game. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I was gonna, I mean, I, if you're, you're asking for a pick, I think it'll be a very tight game, but I, I think like a, like a two-point game, like that kind of close, like 30-28, like tight, tight, tight. Um, and I think Josh Dobbs sort of announces himself to the world as someone to be reckoned with. Um, I, think, I think that the checkerboard end zone guys get a tight one, um, but I think they pull it out. So, all right, 30-28. Tennessee, 30-28. Yeah, Tennessee, yeah, really? That's the day you pick the Sooners. Well, that's what, this way everybody gets an exclusive. Okay. <laughs> so you're hedging your bet. You don't lose. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm going, again, I'm going to the feet. And I don't think it'll be particularly close or as close as that. I think it might be a couple touchdowns different. Um, I just think Tennessee's a more talented team. I've seen a ton of Baker Mayfield. I hoped that I wouldn't have to see any more Baker Mayfield at, at times. But we're going to see him again. And he's going to be in a Sooner outfit. So uh, I think that the defense for, for the volunteers just has a better all-around defensive line. I mean, those guys up front in terms of Barnett and uh, Maggot, uh, those guys are really good pass rushers. I think the secondary is pretty decent. I just think overall they have the better defense and they have the better offense uh, to the C side. And Josh Dobbs will announce himself as like, hey, I'm Josh Dobbs, get to know him type of thing. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, that, that's all. I'm going to take volunteers. Volunteers, two for the volunteers. Um, I gotta go with the Boomer Sooner on this one. Actually, I just think um, despite what Jim Coburn says, I like a little bit of Baker Mansfield. Um, <laughs> I know he's had some some bad games, definitely. That's why he got benched for Davis Webb at Tech. But he had some good games too um, for a young younger guy, young walk on, and you know he won the job uh, really really good the past couple of years in practice. It was, um, you know, on the scout team last year and then obviously this year. Um, came in as third on the depth chart, but ended up being number one over Cody Thomas and uh, Trevor Knight. Um, I just think they're going to run the football um, a little bit more and better. Um, they, they, you know, everybody talks about running the football. They didn't do too much of it <laughs> back on, but, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, they let Baker get his feet wet a little bit with that team. and They can run the ball at Perrine all day um, if they need to and Keith Ford and all those guys. So, um and their defense. I think Zach Chantez will get a pick. Um, I think they're, you know, guys up front are, are really big, um, can stop the run. They're going to need to. We know Tennessee's going to run the ball, uh, whether it's with Dobbs or, you know, Jalen back there. The Kamara, yeah. Yeah, all types of guys. But I think they're, Jalen is I like a very big guy. So. No, yeah, 245 and quick. Um, monster, you know. So but I think Oklahoma pulls it out, thirty-four to twenty-eight. Baker Mayfield, game-winning drive, kind of announces himself, puts himself on the map. So goal is the same thing as Bill. Heisman, of, Heisman Trophy finalist. <laughs> no, not Baker Mayfield. Yep. I, I can't. I can't go. Eddie Perry is going to be like, <laughs> Hey, Baker Mayfield, Tommy. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, Baker would as he call. Strikes, that, as he strikes Baker, the Heisman yeah, foes in the... Ba- <laughs> Baker would call, man. Baker likes the... He likes this, he like... Was, well, I don't yeah. know what time this game is, like 8 o'clock on ABC or whatever. No, that's the Mission State, you know, Oregon. But I know it's a late-night game on ESPN or whatever. That, that's what he lives for. That's what he likes. <laughs> that's him. Um, so I, I think at, for the first three quarters, they're going to run the ball really well. The whole game, they're going to run the ball well. But eventually, they're going to have to put it in quarterback's hands. Right? He's going to have to make some throws um, versus that secondary. And I think he'll be able to make some throws. Um, not asking too much for him. You know, maybe complete 20 passes out of 33, something like that. Um, be careful with the football. He'll probably have a turnover versus that defense, a uh, quick defense. But um, and, and Khalil McKenzie is the guy I want to see. Monster up front. I want to see him because, uh, you know, he, he's a beast. He's uh, he, he lost a little bit of weight, too. And uh, he's a guy that's going to be able to get some uh, big playing time at nose tackle for them. But, yeah, like I said, I, I think Baker and, and, and the Sooners will pull off the W. And Bob Stoops will – it's a big road game for him to win. Um, it's been a while since they won a big game like this. I feel like a SEC team. Um, obviously, they won the Alabama game, but it was a neutral site. But, you know, this game will – they're, they're a championship contender from top to bottom. The Oklahoma roster is great. Oh, Tennessee's is too. Don't get me wrong. I just think um, veteran leadership. They, they lost some guys early in Oklahoma, but they did keep some. Eric Stryker is considered one of the best linebackers in the country. And um, obviously um, Carter and, and Sanchez back there in the backfield are two beasts too. So it's a win. Close game, though. Both will be close. Jim doesn't think it's going to be close. So, so um Beware of putting that on Twitter. You know, those Oklahoma fans are, are mean sometimes. But I know you <laughs> oh. can deal with it. Oh, I can be meaner. I can yeah. be a lot meaner, my friend. Because uh, I know I, I said something about um, Oklahoma State, and they tore into me. And I'm kind of a I know, they tore into you. I didn't understand. I'm like, geez, man. Why yeah, I'm like, I'm a, Bill knows. I've always been kind of a pro-Oklahoma um, guy. You know, I guess they're probably my favorite team in the Big 12. But... <laughs> I mean, all I said was, you know, Oklahoma State, you know, watch out for them this year. They're like, no way, man, you know. <laughs> Don't watch out for them. They suck. I don't know, they did win last year versus Oklahoma, but I guess that doesn't really matter too much. But <laughs> just don't kick it to Tyree Hill. Well, he's not there anymore. So it's so like the whole Michigan-Michigan Michigan State thing where, you know, little brother, you know, they never want to give them any credit so little brother starts – kicking you behind all over the field, you think at that point maybe you might want to cut them some slack. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they're proud fans. I mean, they're the, consistently the best team in the uh, Big 12 or Big 8, whatever, big, you know, <laughs> since the beginning of time <laughs> they're playing football. I mean, obviously Texas is a, a damn good program. But, you know, I mean, TCU and Baylor are really good programs too, and they got a lot of impact freshmen, a lot of impact guys that are young, and uh, they're, they're two quick, spready teams. But, you know, I feel like Oklahoma fans are still – for the more part, I feel like Oklahoma, people still pick Oklahoma more. Even though Baylor and PC are the trendier teams, uh, Oklahoma still kind of the team that they have the most pride in the conference and the big-time coach that's won a championship already. So I think he's the only oh, coach yeah, in the Big 12 that's won a championship, right? Yep. So With Matt Brown moving on down the road, yeah, so – yeah, so, but hey, yep. we'll see. Um, and another team in that in that conference that 
I don't want to talk too much about, but Kansas, I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. As I, as I, as I yeah. once said about Kansas, is it possible to apply to, you know, go down to the FCS level? Because oh. then they could be competitive. That's cold, man. And then Kansas State doing the oh, dirty, yeah. man. Doing the dirty. I oh, mean, nobody man. wants to see that, man. I, I thought it was I know funny. it was the, it was the, the oh. USS Enterprise. It looks more like a pecker to be more. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> I don't stuff. know. But, um, I haven't seen that body yet. I was thinking about watching it today, and so I'm like, nah, that, that corpse can wait. So I just shoved it back into the cooler, pull out it another time, um, see how it died. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Kansas. They've been dead for a very long time, guys. Definitely. And, you know, I didn't expect too much from this year. Not like I was sitting there to do too much. Uh, at least win maybe five games, look better, just look better. But starting off losing that game to the Jackrabbits at home, uh, horrible, to be honest. Yes, I said horrible, not just bad, because <laughs> yeah, David Beattie, is, is a, that's what they wanted. That's the one guy they wanted. He's a, he's a great recruiter. Um, well, there, was a better, there was probably better coaching candidates out there, but I know he has ties with that program, and, uh, you know, he's coaching the 12. He, he can recruit that area. Um you know, he obviously is the wide receiver coach at A&M. You know, did a really good job with Mike Evans and, and getting those guys in. But tough loss, man. He's a guy, I don't know if he, I don't know how he's going to deal with it because he's never been a head coach. He's never been a coordinator. He's only been a position coach and recruiting coordinator. So um, might come back to backfire on them. How can he handle that? You know, does he know how <laughs> to handle that? You know, lost at home with the boosters, putting so much money in the program. They're trying to get new facilities there. And they're never going to get those facilities fully if they keep losing to FCS schools. So <laughs> we'll see how they play versus Memphis. I don't think they're going to win that. I think Paxton Lynch is going to have, like, probably 400 yards all purpose <laughs> versus them. Um, so, I mean, their schedule's not easy. You know, they could very well go 2-10 and 10 this year or 1-11. and 11. I mean, honestly, they could go they, – they might not win a game. I don't know. <laughs> They're not the favorite in any game for the rest of the season. Well, so, yeah. Although that was the I one game they, they were favored in. <laughs> what they should say, though, what they should say is that the FCS program should be respected. You know, I think is what it really should say is that more and more FCS teams, whether it's North Dakota State, um, this year in particular, I think it was, Illinois, Southern Illinois, I think, you know, SIU, been in a really close fight with Indiana. So I think that just kind of shows that there's a, the FCS is a lot more competitive in the grand scheme of things than what people want to give it credit for, yeah, that's even though it was Kansas. Yeah, Kansas is just, you know, just, you know they had Turner Gill, who, who they let. I know Bill likes Turner Gill a lot. They probably let him go a little too early. Even though he got off to a yeah, start. They, they forgot they were Kansas, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they forgot they were Kansas. And then, you know, um, you know, um, Uncle Charlie. Not Wilson, but Charlie White. <laughs> <laughs> they probably <laughs> would have gotten off cheaper if they had gone with Charlie Wilson. 
Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea why Bill Belichick doesn't like Kansas. But if I ever get a chance to see him again, like maybe it's a senior bowl or something like that in the future, just like, so, hey, why do you not like Kansas? Maybe I might get that answer, but, yeah. Yeah, just tough, man. I mean, you're, you're for one, you're paying, you know, do you find trying to go too early? I don't think people in Kansas were too mad about that. But now, I guess, looking back on it, they kind of are. But um, then, Charlie, you're still paying him $5 million. And they mm-hmm. paid $450,000 to play that game. They just lost. So <laughs> that's a lot of money lost when you're trying to get new. When your basketball team has A1 facilities and, and your football team doesn't, um, it's a little rough. You know, at least, to, I mean, I know, like, Duke, you know, that's a good example. They they have upgraded facilities for, obviously, Coach K is, is the best coach in college basketball. But... Cliff is keeping them afloat. I mean, they're better than afloat now. They're winning like nine games a year. Um, why can't Kansas do that? It's basically what they're saying. That's all they want. You know, they're not trying to win national championships right now. But they think they can win, you know, seven to nine games, maybe sneak in a BCS game again like they did with Mangino. Uh, or not BCS game, but uh, I guess uh, January 1st game. Um, that's all they're asking for, things, and they can't even really – cut the four or five win mark. Um, so it's a little disappointing. And the Charlie Weiss hire definitely probably set them back. Um, do you think David Beattie can turn it around? Are we over-exaggerating? Or are they just that bad still? I mean, if he's given enough time, there's a chance. If, and it doesn't mean by turn it around. If you mean like six and six, seven and five, yeah, I think there's a chance he could get there in, in a couple of years. I mean, we've seen, you know, Iowa State have years where they were 6-6 six and six or 7-5, and five, and essentially we're talking about a similar situation. But there is a limit to what you can accomplish. First of all, you're going to be the number two program I mean, until something really dramatic happens. I mean, Bill Snyder, first of all, would have to retire for good this time. That would maybe help them. And they just have to build it pretty much from the bottom up, slowly but surely. I agree. And yeah, that's what I mean by coming back. I mean, six, seven, one. Bowl game. I feel like, you know, Kansas has a – you know, it's not it's, – it's kind of a tough place to put it's not, you know, because you got a guy in Manhattan that's not – I mean, Kansas recruiting class is better than Kansas State this year, you know, or this coming up year is what I'm trying to say, not the past one. But it doesn't even really matter, you know, <laughs> if you're losing mm. to, you know, the Jackrabbits. Um, I, I don't think uh, Bill Snyder's team would lose that game. I don't think it would be close. So um, Yeah, the Jackrabbits won. They did. They did. So I just, I don't know. I, yeah. They, 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 BD, I think, I think BD will, they'll give them time a little bit, but, you know, how much time? It depends on how many wins he has, I guess. You know, if he, you know, I guess two wins would probably be what, what they will win this year. <laughs> um, two or three. It sounds crazy, but yeah, I mean, it's probably what they're going to have. And three years probably is what they'll give him. If he's not in a bowl game by then. To probably cut ties and chalk it up as hell, I guess. <laughs> That's all you can do. Um, it was a risky hire in the first place. There was, like I said, other candidates that may, might have been more qualified for the job, but 
that was the guy I know they really liked a lot because of just the recruiting aspect. Because they had a really tough job of getting recruited. Even when Charlie was there, um, he didn't recruit that well. He got he really really good at quarterback, um, and and like wide receivers and stuff like that. But um, none of those guys really even panned out. And I think Tony Gill actually was doing a better job um, overall. But you know, like I said, they didn't really give him too much of a chance. So <laughs> we'll see what Kansas program can do going forward. Um, but you know, I, I want to thank you guys for coming on. This is getting towards the end of the show. Um, I do have some quick, quick high school news and notes. The Ocean Lakes coach, Virginia mm-hmm. Beach, Bill knows that they're suspended. Yep. Suspended. Yep. You know, um, saw that in the paper earlier, that, or um, online earlier, that he, he suspended for a few games for recruiting violations. Um, pretty big deal because they're a top 15 team in the country. Um, they pro- they're probably the best team in the state. This year, they probably win a state title for sure, um, even with a coach out. Still a really good team. Um, and a couple of other news and notes. Uh, Gorman is still number one. <laughs> and St. Thomas Aquinas is two. Those two teams look like the best country teams in the country. I, I would love to see them play. It's not going to happen. But um, they don't play each other this year, and we don't have a college football playoff yet. Or the yeah, high school and- football playoff. <laughs> it it should be it should be mentioned before you move on from the the Ocean Lake story. They contemplated stripping them of a state title. They didn't oh, wow. do it, but they contemplated it. Just so you know, I don't know how much you know about this. They won Group Six A last year over Centerville, and they were fifteen and zero. You know, ran the table. But they, the committee actually they're on warning. The school's on warning for three years, basically probation, but we're putting it until June 30th of 2018. And you, as you mentioned, the sort of the least of their punishment is the, the suspension of the coach, Chris Scott, for three games. But they came closer than you might realize to losing, being stripped of last year's state title and being awarded to Centerville. I didn't know it was that close, man. That's, that's some good talk uh, about Bill. He is a Virginia guy, but he knows there a little better than me. I didn't know it was that close to, to getting uh, stripped. I thought it was just kind of a suspension thing, kind of a not a slap on the wrist, but I didn't know it was that deep, that serious, that, you know, he can't get in trouble again. They're going to be, that staff's going to be gone and they're not going to have their uh, title. Yeah, they were the best team last year. Um, they were finished top 10 in the country. Um, they're on the cusp of this year of being um, a national championship contender. They're close. I mean, you got to run the table, obviously. You can't lose a high school football game. Um, and we considered a national title um, team, but uh, they have a chance to, to do that. Um, like I said, uh, Gorman and Aquinas um, from Florida are both really good teams. Um, Centennial, Corona Centennial is number three as far as USA, USA Today rankings go. Um, they played Bishop Gorman in a couple of weeks, so that's going to be fun to watch. Play Orange Luther in this week. Uh, Damasa Catholic over in Maryland, Bosco. Um, Bill Fowler, California, Allen, Texas, of course. They haven't lost a game in like three years. <laughs> so, well, four, going on four right now. Because um, Kyle, Kyle Murray didn't lose a game in three years as a starter. He's 42 and 0. But, uh, so they still haven't lost. That's a team that's top 10 in the country. Um, Lawrenceville, Archer, you know, Archer High School in Georgia is a top team. Um, Ocean Lakes, who we just talked about, um, that's a top team top 10 team in my eyes in the country. And Trinity and Katy, Texas, both of those schools are top 10 too. Um, IMG Academy 
even though they did lose that game early on in the season, it's still a, a top team. And uh, Dale Sal rounding it out of the top teams in the country. And Paramus Catholic got upset this week. That was a big loss. Um, they took the L to Eastern Christian Academy um, school. That now would that be classified as an upset? Yeah, it's an upset. You know, Paramus was fifteenth uh, in the country, and uh, you know, ECA was fifth in the state of Maryland. So it's a it's a mini upset. <laughs> The many up there, not not huge. It was a, he was huge in national wise because I think Paramus was a team that you know, people were saying could end up top five in the country and win a state title. They obviously that wasn't a state game, but um, yeah, it was a pretty it was a pretty big up there. Alex Barker, the quarterback out of ECA, um, is great. Um, he's better than David Phil to me. Um, I know David has a height since he was a little kid, but Alex Barker is six four. Um, 185, he needs to get bigger, but he's only 16, 17 years old. Um, gosh, he's really great. Um, actually, better at baseball um, for some people's eyes. He's the number one third baseman in the state <laughs> of Maryland. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I think Michigan is recruiting him really hard, of course, and, and Maryland and um, West Virginia and stuff like that. So, yeah, those are some of the top high school teams. I had to touch on that a little bit, um, of course. Um, there's some big high school games coming up. Non-conference games are the new norm. I know me and Bill talked about this a little bit. Um, it's fun, Bill. I know you said back when you were in high school, there wasn't games like this on national TV every week. And, um, yeah. you know, Gorman flying out to wherever, uh, or Dale South flying out to wherever, schools like that, um, playing out of state all the time. It's cool. I like it. It's fun. It's a it's definitely a new thing. It's only happened in the past maybe ten years. Because when I was in high school, they kind of just started doing that a little bit. Super games, I guess you could say. But um, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, we're 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 definitely going to have uh, Brett Virgil come on next week. We have a little bit of technical difficulties. We'll have him on. We'll have um, a couple guys on. We're gonna do a bunch of interviews with high school kids next week. I you know this show is something I just started. I'm trying to be a good host, like Jim and Bill are on their shows. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, thank you guys for coming on. It's getting a little late, but, uh, hey, this is uh, fun. We're going to do this every week, every week, 10 o'clock Eastern um, on Tuesday night um, in GSC. So, thank you again. Have a great night, guys. A pleasure. Thanks for having us on, Don. Oh, yeah, Yeah, no absolutely. Yeah, talk to you later. All right. All right, well, guys, my guests are gone now. That was Bill Carroll um, and Jim Coburn. Um, Again, this is a a fun time. Football is just starting, getting getting ready to go. Um, Last week, obviously, for for college football, this past weekend, two weeks ago, for high school football, um, for all the top – Recruiting news and notes, um, just follow me on Twitter at Don James Sports. And you can read my work at rscnreport.com and flywareagle.com as well, where that's um, fansided.com, um, doing some Auburn recruiting uh, news and notes there. Um, I appreciate you guys listening to the call, the podcast tonight. Um, again, this is NGSC Sports. Thank you to Rafael Garcia for letting me be a part of this. Uh, it's awesome. It's an awesome experience. And we never stop at NGSC. 
Sports. Thank you, and have a great night.